0: God and make Him known. This is our commission. This is our command. This is our calling. This is our privilege. This is discipleship. Labor Day weekend kind of ushers the end of the summer, right? Like the end of the summer, which means a couple things. One, uh, maybe most importantly, college football is back. All right, so I'm all about that. Uh, I love that. Did your team win? Yeah, maybe your team plays tonight. Maybe that's going on. Maybe Monday. Not sure where you're uh, at. But then one of the things that this also ushers in is this, which is a great day is lower humidity, all right? Like, that is coming, right? We are entering uh, another day closer to that time of year that we all wait for here in Florida where it's like 80 degrees at Christmas here and the rest of the world is like freezing and you just don't know it, all right? Like, that's, that's why you move here, right? Like, you're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. But really, uh, the fall is really this switch. Uh, it's this change in gears, where you and I kind of hit a different rhythm, right? Like school has started again, trying to find that rut again, the the flexibility of the summer, not so much of what it it, it was, have a little more predictability. And so uh, as we launch into the fall, we're excited about the discipleship stuff that's going on here at Mosaic. And so we're in week three of a discipleship series on what a disciple is here at Mosaic and how we have defined it. And so uh, we're excited about that if this is going to be uh, old information for those of you who have been here for a while but this is new information if you're just joining us today here's how we've defined a disciple here at Mosaic. the, 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 the discipleship here is a it's a lifelong journey to know God and make him known and, and that happens in three places as we embrace biblical story, Christian belief and Christian practice and that all happens in the context of community. And so a couple weeks ago I unpacked the first installment of that in the biblical story and how that story is all about Jesus and how he makes himself known. He does not hide. And and that scripture is not about us diving into that book and getting some truth in there so that we can have a better version of ourselves. It's not what it's there for. It's there to introduce us to God because he has made himself no, he does not hide. He, he makes himself available to us, but it doesn't stop there that, that we can take that information and then make it known to others. So that's, that's where we started. And then last week, Pastor Joel had to unpack Christian belief. And how we are supposed to dive deep into that. And, and that's the invitation that we have been given. And so he had talked about how A.W. Tozer had launched out this incredible question that, that is about the, the thing that you, uh, what you believe about God is the most important thing. So what do you believe about God? Who is he? How has he revealed himself? Like what, what are your thoughts? Uh, how do you feel about him when somebody mentions his name? Like how we feel about that, that's, that's very important, very critical to our lives because we are being discipled into all kinds of things all over, the, all over the world. There's ideologies coming at us, philosophies coming at us, all of these things coming at us, and we have to decipher what is true and what is not. And what are those things? What are those people? What are those ideologies? What are those philosophies? Are they, are they discipling us into what is biblical? And what points us to Jesus or not? You have to weigh it out like that. And so we hit those things, right? And, and then we had talked about this for the last couple of weeks, how we are inviting everyone into an all-church Bible study. And so this last week on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, do you guys know what happened here? We had almost 400 people come to study the Bible. Praise God for that. Like you could... like. Think about this for a second. 400 people came to read the words of God. 400 people will study that book. 400 people this semester are going to dive into what Scripture says, and they're going to find out who God is, and they're going to see Him revealed. They're going to see what it looks like for us to take what is in there and then apply it to life. 400 people! All right, that's a big deal. That's a work of God. So can we do this right now? Can we just stop and thank him? Like, let's, let's just thank him for that, All right, Let me just pray for us. I'll, I'll just launch us out into just a prayer of thanksgiving. You can take my words as your own, or you can just pour out your hearts. Let's thank him for drawing hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people to his word. God, thank you for what you are doing in our midst. Thank you for drawing hundreds of people to study your word, to apply your word. I pray that it would come alive in the hearts and minds of people. I pray that we would be a transformed church as we surrender to what you reveal about yourself in this study. Thank you for drawing men, women, and children to yourself. Thank you for the leaders who will pour into the people. Thank you for the teachers who will prepare and and invest their life to uh, declare truth. And thank you so much that you have shown up in our midst, and we are thankful for what you are doing here at Mosaic. Thank you, God, for just being so faithful and, and doing what you said you would do, that if we lifted Jesus up, that you would draw people to yourself. And we're seeing that right now, and we thank you for it. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I want to let you guys know about that Bible study too. I have checked with Pastor Rick and he has said, you can still join. Alright, so you're like, if you missed last week, it's not like, ah, I missed, ah, I'm a day late, a dollar short. No, you're not. You can get in on this too. Alright, you can be a part of this, you can sign up, we have free child care, please come be a part of it, you can get a book, we'll set you up, it's going to be a great experience and uh, I cannot confirm or deny this, I have heard rumor that if we get 500 people in there that Pastor Joel will shave his head and beard, I can't, I, yeah. Anybody get any, like, confirm or deny? Let's just leave it there. Let's see what happens. He denies it. He denies it. It's not happening, uh, but, hey, it was worth a try. Uh, Hey, uh, so today I get to wrap up the series on discipleship by going over the third principle, uh, the third installment that deals with Christian Practice. And as we think about this element of Christian practice, there are things that you and I can do, things that we can put into practice that put us in a place that, that both personally and corporately that we will enable us to obey the command that is in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, that says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And so right there in that verse, that discipline, that word right at the core of that is the word disciple. So you're availing yourself to a way of life that uh, is going to produce something that you are not yet. So, So discipline yourself. You're saying, there is a road to take here that will help me become like something I am not. So discipline yourselves that it would provide godliness. And right there in the verse, it tells us that that's what we are aiming at gives us the target to shoot at, godliness, that we would, uh, we would place ourselves in a, in a spot where godliness would help us to move forward, where ultimately what godliness is, is to resemble Jesus. Because, because you see, along the faith journey, here's what happens. As we, as we engage in these spiritual practices, right, as we step into following Jesus, what begins to happen is we take truth from Scripture, and, and we begin to uh, ingest that, and it begins to change our mind. We, we start adopting the mind of Christ. And when our mind begins to change, our heart is transformed. And when your heart and mind are transformed with the things that matter most to, the, to, to God, here's what begins to happen. Your life produces something different. We are transformed from the inside out, and then all kinds of spiritual evidence pops up in our lives as we join God on mission as his story unfolds. And so to put it simply, the purpose of Christian practice is to put some things in place that we think like Jesus, that we act like Jesus, that we become like Jesus, that we resemble God. Jesus, that's the target. That's what Christian practice should lead us to. But here's where we got to be careful, though. We have to put some things in place that help us to understand what that looks like. Because we church people, right, here's what we like to do. We like to give us some things. Give me some things to do. Give me some things to do. And if we're not careful, we'll engage in things that we're doing that in and of themselves have no power. Okay, no power whatsoever, and so we have to be really careful there. So if you have your Bible, head to John chapter 15. As you're heading there, let me give you a little bit of context of what's going down as we get ready to read the verses uh, that are in John 15 here. So Jesus has been in the upper room with his early followers, and he has been instructing them. He has, he has shared some incredible truth with them, and then they wrap things up, and now they're headed to the garden. And it's in the garden That that Jesus is going to be arrested, he's going to be taken away, and then the next day he is going to be crucified. So this is what's going on. So they are on the way to the garden where it's all going to go down, and then there's some amazing truth that Jesus unpacks here in these verses that have so much to say about what it looks like to be a disciple that we have to grab hold of. So here in John chapter 15, let's jump in at uh, verse 4. Jesus says this, abide in me. Circle that word abide. Highlight that word abide. Open up a note because we're going to go down deep into this one. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus has just painted an amazing picture of what our spiritual lives look like that honestly, it's super hard for us to understand here in Florida. All right? Like I've got this palm tree in my front yard that I planted. It's an awesome palm tree, it's grown great, but it's one of those ones that kind of self-cleans itself, you know, the branch falls off, you take it off and you put it in the trash. So that's how my, I could bring that palm branch up here today, could have brought it up there, there's one that's hanging off it right now that's kind of uh, starting to be discolored and I could have taken that off, brought it up here today and tried to convince you that because we live in Florida, I mean, let's be honest, like everything grows here, right? 24-7, 24-7, 365 yard care here. Like every, I mean, you put a seed in the ground, boom, you're going to get something because we have the right amount of sun. We have the right, uh, right great soil. My, I'm just everything here is just uh, prolific growth happens in our area. But here's what will not happen with that palm branch. I could have had a big pot up here. I could have taken the branch, and I could try to convince you that I can take that palm branch, because we live in Florida, put it in that pot, and I could fertilize that palm branch, and I could set it out in my yard at just the perfect spot so the sun comes up and hits it at optimal time, water it just right, make sure that I get really close to it and I talk to it so it gets ample amounts of CO2, right, so that it can, can, can produce life, Right. No matter what I do to that palm branch from my palm tree in my front yard, that that when that thing is done, it's done. I cannot stick it into the ground, even though we live in an area where just about everything grows. That palm branch is not going to grow. It is separated from life. Right. And that palm branch right there is a picture of our life apart from Jesus. So when I'm talking about things like Christian practice, guys, we can put things in place that help us to resemble Jesus in every single way. But those things in and of themselves have no power. None. Zip, zilch, nada, nothing. All right? Apart from abiding in Jesus, they will not produce anything. You can take that, you can put Bible study around your life and if you're not abiding in Christ, it will not produce any fruit. You can have prayer around your life, and if it's not abiding in Christ, it will not produce fruit. You can have a Bible memorization, surround that in your life, and it will not produce fruit. You can do all kinds of spiritual activity. Place that around your life, and apart from abiding in Jesus Christ, we will not accomplish anything per what Jesus himself said. Amen? Amen. All right? It has to be. We have to stay connected to Jesus because the spiritual practices, the spiritual rhythms that I'm going to talk about today, they are a means to an end, not the end. Okay? A means to an end, not the end. Just because you do spiritual practices, these Christian practices, spiritual disciplines, just because you do them does not mean that you will abide. And and just because you continue to do those Christian practices does not mean you will continue to abide. So you see the linchpin right here is abiding in Christ. It's abiding in him. And, and when we start these spiritual disciplines, they can help us abide in Christ. And as we continue these spiritual disciplines, they can continue to help us abide in Christ. But the power is not in those things. The jet fuel that moves us forward in our spiritual journey is abiding in Christ. It is him and him alone that you and I must stay connected to. All right, gotta stay that. We have to do that, and it's in these words that makes uh, th- that we just read from Jesus that can be kind of difficult because the word abide is in there. What does that mean? Have you ever wondered? It's like abide in me, and I in you, and you know, like what does that mean? Does anybody use the word abide anymore? Like, did you use that this week? Probably not. It's one of those words that we just don't use that often. But yet, if we did, I mean, maybe things would go differently. I mean, just think, you drive like the typical person in Orlando, and you get trapped, uh, you get caught in a speed trap. And the officer pulls you over and says, well, do you know how fast you were going? You're like, well, no, officer, I'm pretty sure I was abiding by the speed limit. (laughs) You know, it's a sophisticated word, right? And maybe the officer's like, well, clearly you're a good citizen. I'm just going to let you off with a warning this time. You did use the word abide. You know, and I'm like, we, we're just like, what do I do with that? That word is a strange word, not a common word that we use, right? But here it is right there. It's in the Bible. And so it's typically one that we only come across in the Bible. But here's what this word means. In the original language, abide means, check this out, to stay, to stay, to be connected, to not defect, Stay, to stay in him. And there's this determination that you're not going to veer to the right or to the left, that you have planted yourself firmly in the camp, that you will abide in Jesus. That, guys, right there, that is our starting point and ending point when it comes to things regarding Christian practice. It's abiding in him. It's staying with Him, a determination that we will not defect, and it's in that abiding, it's in that connection with Jesus, it's in that resolve where you and I have uh, are, are put in a place to receive. Okay, we, we receive from him when we are determined to stay, that resolve where we are put in a place to receive. And now, in that space, when you're connected, when you're determined to stay, that following Jesus is, is what you want and abiding in him is what you're aiming at, then when you have these Christian practices that help you do that and continue to help you stay in that, uh, on that track, then here's what begins to take place. Check this out. Then you go back to 1 Timothy chapter 4, and it says, Discipline yourself for the purpose of what? Godliness. So this leads you to this. This leads you to this. It's always about abiding in Christ, walking with Him. And and you and I, when we engage in these spiritual disciplines and Christian practices, that help us to abide, what starts happening as we walk in that space where Jesus is our target, we're abiding in him, we're walking with him, we're connected to him, we're resolute in staying with him, we're we're connected there. When that is our target, then what happens is as we engage in these Christian practices, then we start to see incredible things start happening in our lives. We start to see transformation. We start to see uh, fruit uh, d- uh, d- pop up all over the place. So, what are these disciplines then? Like, what are they? Like, wh- is there some list out there that, you know, it's like I didn't get that in the mail? Nobody emailed that to me. Nobody texted me the list. Like, I, you know, what are they? Where are they? How do I find them? Well, let me help you with these because as we engage engage in abiding and staying connected to Jesus, there, there are some things out there that for centuries followers of Jesus have employed to help them abide and continue to abide in him. And so uh, I want to just kind of briefly go over these. These are, these are things that we would identify as Christian practices here at Mosaic. And, and again, the, these things can serve uh, in, in uh, establishing the abiding and continuing the abiding. That in that abiding, that serves as the fuel that propels us forward in our uh, spiritual journey. So I'm talking about things like this. Spiritual rhythms that have been put in place for centuries that centuries of followers have, have, uh, have done to abide in Christ. I'm talking about things like scripture intake. okay? That we would spend time in the Bible. That we would hear like what you're doing right now, that we have talked about John chapter 15, that we would hear truth and that we would meditate on truth. Think about it. What does, what does that mean? Ask questions of it. Interact with it. It's not like read a chapter, done, move on, but it's about interacting with it and, and checking yourself against it and letting it read you, not just you read it, right? So you, you've got to let, uh, you gotta let the, the word of God in. And so it's hearing it, it's reading it, It's studying it, asking those questions of it, memorizing it so that we have the word of God at our fingertips, ready to do battle when whatever life has thrown at us, that we're like, oh, wait, this is what I know to be true. And we can recite that interior, like we can say it out loud or we can just go internal in our own head, but memorizing some verses and and meditating on it. Thinking about it throughout the day, processing what it says, and, and, and really diving deep into that. So that's one Christian practice that we can put into place that has existed for centuries. We can also engage in, this, in the Christian practice of, of prayer. Like, we could, we could learn about that for the rest of our lives and still not gather everything that there is to, to, to do. Like, the disciples went to Jesus early on, and they're like, Jesus, teach us to pray. Pray. Help us know how to do this because, man, you're knocking it out of the park. We see you doing it all the time. What are you doing? How do you do it? Teach us how to do that because we can learn how to do that better. We can go to God and we can, we can just tell him things that we are marveled about about him. Like, God, your, your, your grace, your mercy, your, your faithfulness, it just takes my breath away. It, I, I can't believe who you are. This is unbelievable and that you make yourself known to me. You can Confess in prayer. Talk about the things where you stepped outside the boundaries that God has established. Name it. Call it out. Say, I did that. I thought that, and I, I don't want that. That is clearly apart from your will for me, God. I want to turn my back on that sin, and I want to face you fully. Confess some things. You can thank him for things, just like we just did about what he's doing. Thank him for it. You can ask him for things. You ask for clarity on what it looks like. Where Where is he working in your midst? How can you join him in that work? And we can, we can go to God with so many prayers and different angles on it. How about this one? Silence and solitude. Slowing down just a little bit. Just, just listening and beginning to process. Or how about this one? Another uh, Christian practice would be uh, Sabbath rest. You're like, uh-oh. It's in the list, right? Do not kill. Nope. You know, do not steal. Okay. Do not covet. Yeah. Take a day off. Does he really mean that? It's in the list. It's in the list. And it's not so much about a thing that has to be done. But it's about leaning into our relationship with God. Just just pausing, hitting a different gear and connecting with him and, and, and connecting with others and talking about truth and ingesting that truth and living that truth and just slowing down so that you can actually think about it. To take a break. Or how about this one? The Christian practice of gathering together to worship, just like what we're doing right now. People have done this for thousands of years. They've gathered together in spaces to learn about the gospel, to declare the gospel to one another and to remind themselves of the gospel because we need to be reminded that we're a needy people and we so easily forget, don't we? But this this allows us to kind of put some space in the day and to come back to the the truth and reality that the gospel is, is a rescue and redemption story about rescuing us so that we can move into spaces where we know him and then make him known. That discipleship journey. That's what we get. Communion and baptism is another Christian practice. When we have communion, we take the elements and we remember Christ's sacrifice for us. We do that regularly here, but we also have it weekly in the, in the corners here in our, in, our, uh, in our gathering space. You can take communion every single week and just remember. And, and then baptism. Last week, 29 people went public and said, you know what? I used to be that. I moved from death to life, and now I'm on Team Jesus. And we got to celebrate that together. That's a Christian practice that needs a, It's, a, it's a, a spiritual rhythm or serving. Taking what God has entrusted to you is a big deal. Taking what he has entrusted, your gifts and your passion and your ability, and then employing that so that the gospel goes forth, both inside the walls of the church and outside. It's a both and. It's finding a way to participate in the story of God. And then serving is, is a discipline. Discipleship, like these Christian practices that I'm talking about. That's a a, a Christian practice. Giving, adopting a mentality of generosity. That's a Christian practice that we can grow in. Community, being connected to other people who are rowing in the direction of Jesus. That is a Christian practice because we were not meant to go it alone. And it's in community that you and I, we get the chance to know others and to be known. You get, to, you get to help other people learn by sharing your story and they get to share their story and you get to learn from them. And, and we can celebrate together and we can grieve together and we get to walk through life together because we simply do not have enough in the tank to make it on our own. If you think you do, watch out. Because like that, we're told in 1 Peter that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Well, how do you pick off the one to devour? You isolate and you create them all. They're all by themselves and they're easier to pick off. Don't be that person. Step into community. That's what we've been invited to as, as followers of Jesus. To do this together. Together. That's what we, we have. Now, when it comes to spiritual rhythms and Christian practices, here's where I think we have to be careful though. It, it, there's not like some exhaustive list that's out there. Right? It's like, well, if you turn to page 453 of your Bible, that was said that, like, that's where the list is. Or there's this really cool site online that Wayne Grudem has put together where th- these are the things that you can go to, and that's where you're going to find the list. It doesn't exist. There is not an exhaustive list because here's what we have found out. As we've been diving into this, like there are Christian practices here, and then there are also some Christian activities that we can engage in. Things that are helpful, uh, but that, that whether real or perceived, but may not be in the, in the realm of Christian practice. Things like journaling, for example. Some of you are like, well, I journal. I like to journal. I like to write my thoughts down. I I like to just kind of share the things, uh, like write down the things that that, that God has taught me so that I can share them with other people. And maybe that journal is going to go on to my kids or my grandkids or friends or wherever they're going to go so that they can learn from the things that you learned. Now, journaling is awesome. It's it's super helpful. It's, It's a really good thing. But uh, here's, here's what we want to do here at Mosaic. We want to stick to a, group, a grouping of things, that uh, practices that are taught and modeled in the Bible that Scripture has revealed to us. Because there, there, there are some things in there that are clearly taught and clearly modeled that we would classify. This, this is a biblical list of things that we could go on. And if we became masters at these things, trust me, we would go very far in our journey. Very far. If we just did, you know, the little grouping that we'll have some classes on. But, but that's not to negate that there are some other things that are helpful out there. And we're not saying don't do those things. I'm not standing up here and say, don't journal, by the way, because it's not in the Bible. You know, no, please do journal. That can be helpful. So there's things that we, we do have some listings that are biblical precedents. They're taught and modeled in the Bible. Then there are some helpful things, but just know this too. There are some very unhelpful things out there. Very unhelpful things, like these these spiritual activities that are actually harmful, not helpful. And so we have to be very careful in that space. All right. If you ever wonder, you're like, well, I came across this. And I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with it. Like, this seems like it might be spiritually helpful. If you ever have any question, know this. That we have pastors on staff... Reach out to any of us and we are on it. We will help you. It is our privilege to be able to shepherd the church well into spaces that will help establish Christian practice that helps abiding in Jesus and keep in those spiritual practices that will help us abide in Jesus. That is our heart and we really want to help you in that. So don't wander around like, oh, I don't know, I, this, I mean it says spiritual on it so it must be that. If you're ever questioning, it is our deep desire to walk with you, to help you. But just know that there is a list that we're going to be going through that, again, if we just became big-time students of that, really dug into that, we will see amazing things happen in our lives. We really believe that, okay? So here's how we, ha- but, but as we dive into this, you know, kind of like, you know, whoop, whoop, danger here, We've got to pay attention to this. Here's, what, here's where things can get scary. This is a lifelong journey to know God. Lifelong journey. These Christian practices help us stay connected. None of us arrive. If you are just starting out or maybe just kicking the tires, not really sure about who Jesus is, a friend brought you and you're like, "Ah, this is intriguing. Maybe you're newer to the faith. You've been around three to five years. You're just starting out. You're kind of soaking all this stuff up. And it's like, this is incredible. Awesome. Or maybe you've been going at it for 30, 40, 50 years. No matter where we are on that spectrum, there's always something else to learn. Always something else that we, we, I can grow in my prayer. I've been walking with Jesus for like 31 years. I can grow in prayer. I can grow in scripture intake. I can grow in, in, in serving. I can grow in discipleship. There's always something more to know about him. They help us stay connected. Todd Engstrom, he's a pastor. He said this. He said, a healthy body is fed appropriately, trained repeatedly, and challenged consistently. Maturity and health don't come from growing quickly. Maturity and help come from discipline over time. It takes time. Repetition, which is why we abide where we stay resolute, where I'm like, I'm not defecting. I'm not budging. I'm in it for the rest of the game. I'm not budging. This is my story now. And we abide in him. And I've seen this in my story. Like I remember, like uh, when I was first starting out in my uh, my Christian journey, it was in between my freshman and sophomore year in college. Right, so I didn't grow up in the church. Like I'm not a pastor because my dad was a pastor and my grandpa was a pastor and my great grandpa was a pastor. I went to church once when I was a kid, one time. And I got in trouble, go figure. You know what I mean? My brother and I were wrestling in the back, so it must have been super exciting. And, and so uh, that I remember. That's the only thing I remember about my childhood experience in church. And it wasn't until I was going into my sophomore year in college that I started, get, started attending church. I started going and I started hearing about the gospel And I remember hearing these things. I'm like, whoa, this is incredible. I've never heard this. I was like a sponge. And then that fall, my sophomore year, I became a follower of Jesus as he revealed to me for the first time, first time I ever heard the gospel really clearly proclaimed. And I remember sitting in the room, I can still see it. He's like, uh, we just walked through this prayer about surrendering to Christ. And he said, if you just prayed this prayer, look up. And I was like, ah, that's me. I've never done this. And I, and, and, and I just started off on this incredible journey. And I remember going back to the church that I was going to. And, and I remember just like hearing all of these things as our pastor would unpack it. Still friends with this guy. He's still walking faithfully with God pointing people to Jesus. And I remember he would just talk about things. And I'm like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's new. And then he hit this one. Giving. And I was just like, giving college student, shoo, Nothing. Right like what's he going to say to me like I'm like I guess I could draw cuz this doesn't apply to me like I got this was back in the day of 335 an hour all right remember those days remember it's like my check for the month was like 300 bucks like I was like I could live on $300, you know, and, and things weren't cheap back then, right? Like they are now. So you students and young people out here making 10 bucks an hour, quit, please quit crying about it, all right? We didn't, have no, we didn't have, like, value meals. You had to buy it all. McDLT, anybody, you know? like remember getting that. i dating myself. But you had to buy things individually. There were no deals like they are now. But I remember, I remember writing that. I'm about to date myself again. $30 check. Remember those things that were perforated? You know, you put them in things. Remember those things? It didn't have the carbon copy or anything. It was just a check. $30. And I remember putting that in the offering as it went by. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot of ramen. You know, like, I mean, I was like, what am I going to do? Like 30 bucks, you know. But I learned early on, and I'm so thankful for being taught that Christian practice that it's about putting your faith in God, not in some green-tinted piece of paper. And guys, I'm still growing in faith. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. There are still things that pop up where I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I, and I don't trust God like I should, but he has repeatedly showed me himself to be faithful and true over and over and over. And my heart and my desire is to abide in him. And so many Christian practices have helped me do that. But here's what I found, right? Here's what I found. Man, these these. Script, these uh, spiritual rhythms, these Christian practices, they're a means to help us abide, not the end result. And, and, and so here's what we got to get though all of these, these spiritual practices that I've talked about, these rhythms and practices that we can employ to help us abide and continue to abide, guess what? They're not just for you. They're not. It's not just for us. The story cannot, cannot stay with us as the end. We have been invited to not just know him, not to just abide in him, but to make him known so that what we know, others can experience as well. 2 Timothy 2 2 says this, "...and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust a faithful man who will be able to teach others also." It has to go on to another generation to make him known to teach others who will teach others who will then teach others who will then teach others who will then teach others these practices that help us abide and continue to abide in the faith. Because here's the truth, guys. Here's what I have found as I've engaged in discipleship for many, many years. It feels like a really long long, long, long trip around the track. And if you've discipled anybody, you're like, yep. Oftentimes it takes so long that we abandon it. And we're like, "Not, it didn't even take root here. I'm moving on. But it's a long trip around the track. But wouldn't it be awesome If we could do the track thing and then cut across the field and get to the finish line quicker. Wouldn't that be great? You know, some event or some practice that we could put in place that would help us cut across and get to the finish line. Wouldn't that be incredible? To be able to mass produce disciples. Wouldn't that be great? Here's the problem. You cannot mass produce disciples. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. They cannot be mass produced. It takes time. It takes commitment and it takes resolve. It takes grit, grit, like, like no, I'm in it. I'm abiding and I'm going to drag everyone with me that will come. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, no, I'm not stopping. Because think about generations have come and gone. And here we sit hearing truth because that happened. There were some people that were like, nope, I'm in it, not budging. They did not defect, and here we stand, and it has to be true of us. Because here's one of two ways that we can go. One of two ways we can go. We can either be a travel agent or a tour guide. You can be one or the other, a travel agent or a tour guide. If somebody came to me and said, hey, Where If you go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Easy choice. Don't even have to pray. Israel. That's where I want to go. Why? Why do I want to go to Israel? Because that's where the feet of my Savior Jesus touched this earth. I want to go there. I want to go where he was in the garden praying. I want to go. I want to see where he sweat drops of blood as he was getting ready to to take on the full wrath of God to pay for my sin. I want to go there. I want to go through that gate when he walked and healed that person. I want to go to the wailing wall. I want to go to the mount. I want to go into the the Dead Sea. I want to go to all of the places. I want to go to Bethlehem and see where he went from being everything and all things and he fit himself into a, a a tiny human body and came down here. I want to go to Bethlehem. I want to see where that is. I want to go see it. Because I've been to other biblical places. I've been to Greece. I've read uh, Philippians and Philippi. I've been to Thessalonica. I've been to Berea. I've been to Corinth. I've been to Athens. I've stood on Mars Hill where Paul talked to the Areopagus and said, God can be known. And it was incredible. It was awesome because God used a man, but he's just a guy. Oh, but Jesus, mm, that changes everything. Like, I want to go to Israel. Sign me up for that. And so to get there, I could go one of two ways. I could go to a travel agent who would say, from the comforts of an air-conditioned office, say, well, yeah, here's a brochure. Here, here's some uh, ideas of places you could go. Uh, here's some hotels you could stay at, some restaurants you could eat. Here, here's some bus companies you could try. They could give me uh, more than I know, right? They would be helpful. But if I'm going to Israel... I would much rather go with a tour guide. I would much rather go with somebody who's been there. I would much rather go with a seasoned veteran of the lay of the land who's been to the restaurants, the places, the bus companies, the place, how to get there, all the secret hideaways and all the places you need to be and how to get there and and navigate all that. So all I got to do is just go, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, okay, I'm going. I don't want to think about it. I just want to follow somebody who knows where they're going. That would be an incredible trip. That would be an incredible trip. And here, guys, as we land today, I want to invite and encourage all of us to abide in Christ and be resolved that you don't want to be a travel agent. Well, I heard this about Jesus. Somebody mentioned this. Here's a brochure. Check it out. What would happen if all of us we're resolved to say, I want to be a tour guide. I want to be somebody who's been there, who was a student that did not know about these, did not know about the biblical story, did not dive deep into Christian belief, but that through Christian practice started experiencing God, abiding in him and continued in that space. And they were like, I was a student, but now I'm a teacher, and I'm looking for a student, that then that student becomes a teacher, and then they look for a student, that student becomes a teacher, all so that the glory of God would go forth in this generation and beyond. Let us be a group of tour guides that make much of Jesus and discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, that we would be like Jesus, think like Jesus, resemble him in every way, shape, and form, and just know... Man, that as we journey in this space together, it's all about abiding. It's all about abiding. So let's abide through some things that will help us to do that. Christian practices that will help us to do that. Let's help each other become teachers who then will teach others how to continue to abide as we seek to be a tour guide for the sake and the fame of Jesus in this generation. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, it is our privilege to serve you. You are king. You are ruler. What you say goes. And so I pray that you would bend our hearts around the things that matter most to you. Change our heart and mind to resemble yours. We can't do that on our own, but you have given us so much in the word of God, the Bible, about some practices that we can put in place that will help us to make much of you in this generation. We're students would become teachers. And then those teachers would take on students who then become teachers that we've seen for thousands of years as people have discipled others. And not just discipled them into anything, but discipled them to you, Jesus. It's about you. You are the downline into everything. The biblical story is about you. It's about us coming to your word and finding you there, Jesus. Christian belief is about coming into spaces where you are so that we can see what it means to understand who you are, Jesus. And then these Christian practices. Help us to abide in you and to continue to abide in you because it is about you, Jesus. It always has been, it always will be. And I pray that you would just move unmistakably in our midst, move us away from a desire to even think about being a travel agent, but wholeheartedly serving you as a tour guide and taking people where we have experienced, where we have been, where we have tasted and seen that you are good Faithful, merciful, kind, gentle, loving. We love you. We fear you, God. And we know that you have many things in store for us as we seek to serve you and you alone. May your name go out powerfully as we walk away from here into our circles of influence. Help us to make much of you, not because we have to, but because we get to. And you have strategically positioned us for just this time. You have not given us a spirit of fear. You have given us a spirit of love and of sound mind. So now as we go from here, do what only you can do in us and through us for your glory. And we know we will find incredible joy in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.